Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So I was asked while I was on a flight yesterday a very interesting question by a lady that was riding uh, next to me, and she has several kids and is a school teacher. And she left the public school system a couple years ago to go to the private school system for one reason. What she decided is that she realized she believed that the public school system was trying to fundamentally change what a family is. She said she believed they were trying to change the makeup of the parental structure, that they were trying to insert government in a higher level of authority and or... um, I'm trying to be fair to her, all right? So you you understand I'm trying to find the words because I don't want to get this wrong. Because I told her, I said, I'm doing a podcast on this. I'm going to do a show on this. And and she was saying basically she could see in real time happening where the public school system was trying to convince the children that there was a, a, a level of hierarchy and government is above parent. She then went into very intellectual conversation about how government and even the monarchy back in the day. Well, I'm not talking about like... <laughs> Harry and Kate monarchy times. We're talking 200, 300, 400, 1,000 years ago. There was the monarchies that were higher than the parents were. The government was more important than the parents were. We have seen a change. We, she talked about before even the civil rights movement, that the structure of the African-American family was extremely strong. Now, the reason why this was so important to her was she was African-American. She said she believes, and this was interesting because I'd never heard it described to me this way, that the African-American family was destroyed during the civil rights movement. Because during the civil rights movement, what ended up happening is, and this is her words, not mine, is that the government took over the place of power for the African-American family. She then started spouting off unbelievable stats about the African-American community. 
You look at now, she said in this country, and we've talked about this stat on this show before, that 74%, and, and Diaz, my producer, I'm going to get him to look this up because it may be higher now, but 74% of all African-American children now are born in a single-parent household. And she said before the civil rights movement, when we put government above family, the single-parent household was at 17%. And she said, this is what happens when you put government as the savior, when you put government as the fixer, when you do, it's 67% nationwide now, higher than that, by the way, nationwide average, higher than that in many predominantly African-American high crime, high cities like Baltimore, New York, Detroit, Memphis, New Orleans, Chicago, the list goes on, Compton, right? Higher out, I mean, some of those have above an 80% birth rate in African-American communities of single parent households. Think about that. They will never know their father. They will never have a father figure. And the reason why she was talking about this is she's, uh, and I'm telling you, we talked the entire flight. She said, I used to be a liberal, and I realized that in, the, in my community, she grew up in a high poverty area, that the government was the father of her family. The government was the father of her community. The government was the father of her Church, the government was the father of everything around her. And she realized that that allowed men off the hook. And she said, now, what worries me in America is now the government's become the father of everybody else. We've had this experiment, as she described in the African-American community. She said it's been a failure. You look at what the high crime, high poverty, everywhere the government comes in to help, it ends up stagnating the problem and making the problem worse over a long period of time. Look at, and, and, and the, her example, she was talking about welfare. She said, look at welfare. Welfare hasn't helped people. It's supposed to help you short term. But can you stay on welfare your entire life? Yes. Can you stay on food stamps your entire life? Yes. She said, how do I know it? Because that's exactly what my mom did. She said, when she was born, her father was gone. Her mother went to her father the government of the United States of America, and the government gave them, quote, everything they need. Her mother still lives in a high-crime, high-poverty area and refused to ever take care of herself because the government was now her partner for life. She's married to the government. And her point was, when you have a government step in and you have the government step in as a father, and the government becomes more important than an actual family that you live with because without them you cannot survive and you believe that you cannot survive without them, then your life is over. She was in the public schools for 15 years, she said. She's been in private education for, I think she said four or five. I can't remember. I apologize. The lady is probably going to hear this. I told her, I said, listen, because I'm going to talk about this. If I got it wrong, I'm sorry. And she said, I am so tired of watching. She's now in a charter school. These African-American kids and minority kids come in. She was talking about Hispanic culture now is changing. She said, you go look at Hispanic communities around the world outside the United States of America. They have what? A very strong nuclear family. They have a father. They have a mother. They have a grandmother. They have a grandfather. They have aunts. They have uncles. They are family. And she said, look at what's happening at the border right now. You have 10,000 people that are coming across the border every day, 20,000, 30,000. Then we're going to have this massive onslaught over the holidays, right, as, as, as the rules are about to change. People are lining up by tens of thousands in Mexico to come across. And she said when they get here, what is the first thing they do? 
The other, Af- the, the other African-American community members tell them, and the other Hispanic-American community members tell them what? Go sign up for government aid. You don't have to be an American citizen to get government aid. Go sign your kids up for what? Free school. We're marrying all of this Hispanic community, all of these people coming from around the world, these illegal immigrants who are rushing our border, coming across. We are marrying them to the government the moment they walk across the border. They have found their father. She described as their savior. She said, this is, this is the dream. They believe they've already succeeded in the dream just getting to America because they know that America will take care of them financially forever. You have a husband, as she described it, that doesn't talk back to you. The only thing you have to do to keep that husband happy is what? Every two or four years, you vote for the right person. The father of the gifts to your family. When I was sitting there having this conversation, it scared the living crap out of me. Because I, ha- I, I have talked about this many times, but I've never heard it from the perspective of, a, of an African-American teacher who was describing it with such genuine um, understanding of the issue and experienced it and lived through it. We talk about the government's trying to come in, trying to get control of you, and her argument was, no, the government's already controlling us, and they've been doing it for decades, and you guys are just now understanding it on a bigger level. The Democratic Party has become the father of the African-American community, the Hispanic-American community, the Asian-American community, which brings me back to something. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Now, I want to go and and remind you of where we were, by the way, with Donald Trump and why the Democratic Party, we now know, did everything it could to destroy him. He was the biggest threat they'd ever seen in modern political history to their losing control, getting a divorce from the communities that they control through being their father financially. Donald Trump lowered the African-American unemployment rate to the lowest level in history. We talked about this on the plane, and, and I told her my theory, and she was like, you're absolutely right. And I said, what they saw is that they were getting a divorce. They were served papers, and they were losing, and I'm referring to the government, the influence at that point, right? Because once the papers are served, it's really hard to threaten anymore. It's really hard to uh, attack anymore. It's really hard. You get what I mean? Like, that's when the the government or the person that's given those papers loses control. And if you're losing control in that way, that's usually when things spiral, right? So all of these people in the Asian-American community, the African-American community, the Hispanic community had the lowest, the lowest unemployment rate in the history of their race. In the United States history, the Democratic Party 
and the government were getting their divorce papers. And that's why they had to destroy Donald Trump. Because Donald Trump was now saying, you don't need this deadbeat dad who's barely providing for you to not live in poverty. You actually are living in poverty. You're on the poverty line because it takes you living in poverty to get this father, which is the government. And you look at now, and I want to hit pause there on that for just a moment, okay? You hit pause on that for just a second. And you look at the headlines today, and this is about the, the, the destruction of the American family. Here's a headline to prove my point. TV abortion plot lines have skyrocketed as Hollywood is now doubling down on the Roe v. Wade outrage. That's right. Hollywood is now putting more abortion plot lines in its TV shows in 2022 than it has in any of the past five years. The studios and the networks are ratcheting up their outrage machine following the Supreme Court's reversal of Roe v. Wade. There were at least 60 abortion plot lines or mentions of abortion in 52 distinct TV shows from January to December of 2022. These are big shows. That's more than any other year since 2016 when abortion was also a big issue in the presidential election. If you remember, in 2016, abortion was a big issue. Pro-abortion organizations, we now know, are not lobbying Washington. They're lobbying Hollywood to have more, quote, conversations and new standards in the reproductive health. The outnumbers. And just to put this in perspective, the numbers and, and the outnumbering. There was 47 abortion plot lines in 42 shows in 2021. A third of abortion plot lines on TV portrayed barriers, you ready for this, to access compared to only two in 2022. So it's all now your father, right? The government is telling you to abort your kids. We want to control your life. We don't want you to have family. We don't want to have you have a family because we are your family. We don't want you to value or find a work ethic because there are a lot of people that are kind of lazy. There are a lot of people that are very selfish and they and they make stupid decisions. They don't save money. And then they have a child and it gets their life kind of, okay, get on track. Like grow the you-know-what up. You have a child. There's a, there's a come-to-Jesus moment when you have a child and, and, and you see it. And there's people that flee from the responsibility or there's people that set up the plate and start hitting grand slams. There's really not a lot in between. So these shows are now saying, no, 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 you don't need your own family, right? This is the demise of the American traditional family. You don't need your family, you need us. The pro-abortion groups are now working with ABC's Grey's Anatomy, NBC's The New Amsterdam, NBC's Law & Order, MTV's Teen Mom, Netflix The Hookup Plan, and Stars P Valley. Never even heard of that one. It's a big show among adolescents, apparently. So now, more TV shows in 2022 depict legal plus financial logistical barriers to abortion access, telling you that you'll have better financial footing and stability if you have the abortion. Because if you don't have a family, then you'll love having a sugar daddy, which is the United States government. Quote, unfortunately, 
The Dobbs decision was a big wake-up call for a lot of people in Hollywood. That was written in the Huffington Post. Huffington Post actually just did a massive article about how TV shows tackled the end of Roe v. Wade this year and what should we be looking at from these TV shows moving forward. Even comedy series are getting in on it. You ready for this? Saturday Night Live featured then-cast member Cecily Strong sharing the story of her own abortion. Can you imagine having this conversation? You walk in the room and you're at the writer's table for Saturday Night Live. It's like, hey, any of you guys uh, uh, ripped a baby out and killed it? You know, like your own. Like, have you ever done this? Have you had an abortion? Yes, yes, I have. Great. We're going to dress you up as a clown. This is what they did in an attempt to write some laughs and get some people laughing about you killing your baby. That's what they did. A lot of people may not have seen this. New Amsterdam filmed an over-the-top, somber montage for a November episode mourning the Supreme Court's reversal of Roe v. Wade in New Amsterdam. The abortion on screen reported report noted that wealthy white women, ready for this, and this goes back to the conversation that the lady and I had on the plane. She said they're coming for the white family next. That was her point. They've controlled the Hispanic community. They've controlled the African-American community for decades, right? They are the father. They are the god of the black family. That's how she described it. And she said they're coming after the white family now. Get ready. Because if they can take over your families, the whole country's gone. This is amazing. The abortion on-screen report noted that the wealthy, that wealthy white women made up the majority of characters who get abortions on TV. Not African-American, not Asian-American, not Hispanic-American, because they've already controlled that crowd. Look at where Planned Parenthood had their clinics. They're always in high crime, high poverty minority communities. They're not building them out in the suburbs, folks. Okay, I mean, if you want to talk about race, let's talk about race, all right? White flight. How many abortion centers have you seen in nice, white, wealthy neighborhoods? They don't exist. Because they wanted to kill the minority community first. Look at the number one killer of African-Americans in America today is what? Abortion every year. Every single year it's abortion. Every single year. But when you're trying to get the new generation, right, to see it your way, you know that the group you got to attack is the white family. This is a racial thing. These people in Hollywood are doing this on purpose. I go back to the abortion on screen report. Wealthy white women made up the majority of characters who got abortions on TV. In reality, the report said the majority of people who have abortions in the U.S. are minority women, which went back to exactly what we were having this conversation on the airplane. Now, since the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade in June, the country has seen 10,000 fewer abortions as of the end of October. That's amazing. 10,000 children have been born that would not have been born since October in this country. And so what is Hollywood saying? We have to overwhelmingly produce pro-abortion material the same way they've been successful at normalizing trans community, LGBTQIA, the same way that Disney is putting, has a, has a character tracker that they have quotas minimum they have to meet of gay, lesbian, transgender, bisexual character and leads. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER I want to go back real quick. I mentioned earlier that they were trying to convince people that everybody's having an abortion in this country. And I mentioned the TV shows a moment ago that were advocating for white women to kill their kids. There is a comedian that I mentioned, and I want to go back and I want to play this for you because Cecily Strong, who just uh, had her last show, I think, on Saturday Night Live, just left this weekend, did this weekend update goober the clown on abortion it's a white woman telling other white women to have abortions stand up for the fact that they need to have abortions celebrate abortions be proud of one another and that they're so common that if everybody was honest and raised their hand half the room would raise their hand and at every meal with women she's saying that are abort that are aborting their kids because they want a quote career this is how you destroy the American family. You, you get people to believe that having a child is not a blessing, it's an inconvenience. Or that having a child is a financial disaster that you don't want to experience. That's how Saturday Night Live put it. I'm going to do everything I can to not interrupt this. It is a four-minute diatribe on abortion. And I want you to listen for the narratives. You have an abortion so you can, have, you can be rich. You have an abortion so you don't have to get married. You have an abortion because a child is a disaster to your life, not a blessing. This is, and everybody's having abortions, right? Everybody's doing it. It's like, the, it's like sex, right? This is, this is what they did to sex 10, 15 years ago. No, 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 one, no one's a virgin when they get married. That's stupid, right? Everybody's banging everybody, right? You change the narrative so... That you can, and that's what they're trying to do here, right? You, 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 you're a loser if you don't have sex by the time you're like 15 now, right? 14 or 13. You're a loser if you don't experiment with the same sex that you are. You're a loser if you don't have a threesome or a loser if you don't, or, you know, try to, you know, dabble in being gay or lesbian. I mean, that's what they're doing to our kids now. And Saturday Night Live is now doing the same thing with abortion. Listen carefully to these narratives. The Supreme Court heard arguments this week in Women's Whole Health v. Texas about the controversial Texas law that essentially bans all abortions after just six weeks. Here to cheer us up, well, this can't be right, Goober the Clown, who had an abortion when she was 23. <laughs> hey, 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 I'm Goober the Clown. So, Goober, you, you had an abortion when you were 23? Hey, whoa, slow down, I'm a clown, let's clown around. Hey, smell this flower. You're not going to squirt me, are you? Oh, I would never. Okay. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. I had an abortion the day before my 23rd birthday. Okay. 
it, it seems like you do want to talk about your abortion. Well, actually, I really don't. But people keep bringing it up, so I got to keep talking about freaking abortion. But it's a rough subject, so we're going to do fun clown stuff to make it more palatable. Whee! Hey, who wants a balloon animal? You want a giraffe? Jay? Who's Cecily? I'm Goober. And I wish I didn't have to do this, because the abortion I had at 23 is my personal clown business. But that's all some people in this country want to discuss all the time, even though clown abortion was legalized in Clown v. Wade in 1973. Here. Can you stop saying clown abortion? What is this? I don't know. It's a worm. I don't know. Hey! Hey, did you know one in three clowns will have a clown abortion in her lifetime? You don't, because they don't tell you. They don't even know how to talk to other clowns about it. Because when they do talk about it, if you were a clown who wasn't the victim of something sad like clown cess, they think your clown abortion wasn't a righteous clown abortion. I mean, what the dick is that? <laughs> I don't think you can say that word on the show. What, abortion? Well, I guess kind of. Yeah. You know, it's funny, Colin. We're having fun. Just laugh. Hey, pull my finger. No. Laugh. I need it. I need it need you to laugh so hard, like the way I laughed when the doctor asked if I got pregnant on the way over to the clinic because I wasn't very far along. And that is one of my favorite jokes to this day. I love that joke. It's such a good joke. Not like a funny ha-ha joke, but like a funny you're not an awful person and your life isn't over now joke. The best kind. A honka-honka. Good horn. Good horn. <laughs> Killer horn. Woo! <laughs> I'm not a clown. And in the waiting room, they had a little guest book where all the clowns could write their clown abortion story for the next clown to read it so she wouldn't feel so alone. A wooga! And then, years later, you'll be at a dinner with a big group of clowns, and one clown will go out on a limb and say she's had an abortion. And then, like, eight other clowns at the table say they've had an abortion, too, because that's how common it is. And then everyone's excited and relieved to be talking about it. Then it's like, wow, we kept this secret for so long despite being so grateful it happened. Honka, honka, honka! So, I'm wait, are, are clowns really women? Excuse me? Wow, okay, Colin Joes thinks women are clowns. Cool. Let me do some helium. Okay, Colin, here's my truth. I know I wouldn't be a clown on TV here today if it weren't for the abortion I had the day before my 23rd birthday. Clowns have been helping each other end their pregnancies since the caves. It's gonna happen, so it ought to be safe, legal, and accessible. We will not go back to the alley. I mean, the last thing anyone wants is a bunch of dead clowns in a dark alley. Goober the clown, everyone. Yeah, better disable comments on this one. I would not be here today. Now, I want you to think about how interesting this moment is for her. She's dressed as a clown on Saturday Night Live. That's her definition of success, saying, I wouldn't be here dressed as a clown, talking about abortions if it wasn't for me having abortion. If there's any moment that I couldn't agree with her more on, like how ridiculous it is that she believes that she couldn't have been a clown on Saturday Night Live talking about abortion if it wouldn't have been for an abortion. That's success of not having a child. That's what they're, I mean, if you really want to break it down, but she's telling you, I wouldn't have been on Saturday Night Live with a kid. A kid's a burden. Don't have a kid. You want to be cool. You want to be like me. You want to be a celebrity. You want to be on Saturday Night Live. You cannot have a child. While you're thinking about how sick and perverted that skit was on Saturday Night Live, unedited, let me give you another headline. RuPaul's drag race star, like this is a dude that's got fake boobs and 
You know, I'm not sure if he's cut it off yet or not, but, you know, you can Google that. I'm not. Has now come out and said this. F family. We need to reinvent it. Ms. Cracker, a contestant on two seasons of RuPaul's Drag Race, has put out a clarion call to kick down traditional family values, quote-unquote, this Christmas season. And now you know why I'm doing this show today. Cracker, the stage name of drag queen performer Maxwell Heller, is starring in Who's Holiday? It's the actual name of it, Who's Holiday? A new show that turns the Dr. Seuss character, Cindy Lou Who, into a hard-drinking, pill-popping, very experienced woman who hates family Christmas gatherings. And by the way, that's totally accurate. Like, this is the type of woman that would hate Christmas and the holidays. You probably are a hard-drinking, pill-popping, very experienced woman. Very experienced, I'm assuming that means, like, had a lot of sex. She's a hoe. The sentiment and the anti-Christmas stage show, which has been popular being presented in London this week and all the way through January because it's so popular, mirrors how the racial drag queen quote feels. To say that Christmas is about traditional values or values of any kind anymore is pretty ridiculous, Heller told Pink News. Christ, listen carefully, is nowhere featured in this in America. If you look at the way people knock down the doors of shopping centers, I think you can tell that we have separated Christmas from Christ. This is a drag queen now telling you how to live your family life. Aside from the bit of social commentary, Liz Cracker is not above knocking Christ out of the Christmas out of Christmas himself either, especially when it comes to holiday gatherings. The performer feels that Christmas gatherings should be a time to confront people over the LBGTQ plus agenda. This is, again, in writing. I'm, I'm reading this from this article. I think any opportunity that we have to kick down traditional values, traditional family values, is welcomed. Did you hear me? Let me read that for you again. I think any opportunity that we have to kick down traditional family values is welcomed, he said. I think it's a chick. Is it Now I'm, now I'm confused. The way of thinking about family is old, Tired, and we need to reinvent it. Cracker, the drag queen, continued. I think that whose holiday this play does that. It makes fun of family. And I think it talks about choosing family. Choosing now. Did you hear that word? Choosing. You don't you don't have to actually like have a real family. Like, screw the family you were given. Don't make that work. You can choose your family. Your family can be the government. The family can be your liberal professor. It can be Saturday Night Live. It can be uh, the green religion can be your family. The whales can be your family. You can identify as a bunny and send your kid to school as a bunny. Okay, you can identify as whatever you... In fact, we just need to say your family can be identified any way you want your family to be identified. All right, that's what you can do now. Quote, Cracker went on to say... Not only do I think we should make fun of family, I think we should talk about choosing family and talk about the friends that really matter, what it means to have them in your life. So, yeah, F family. F family. Cracker went on to tell the gay 
website that he is really worried about the USA with the possible comeback of Donald Trump, as well as the raft of legislation that would prevent transgendered athletes from erasing women's achievements in sports. Because, yeah, let's let a dude that looks like a chick tell women how to play sports. That's feminism for you. I'm so sorry. I laugh at every woman out there, I do, that claims they're a feminist who hasn't stood up for women's sports because they want dudes. Did you see the guy get, get knocked out the other day, or the guy that knocked out the chick the other day? The NHL um, National Hockey League sponsored a tranny league, lesbian league. So a dude dressed like a chick put an actual chick in the hospital after checking the you-know-what out of the chick because he's a dude on skates. And I feel bad for the woman, but you're the idiot that got on the ice playing with dudes dressed like chicks. They're still dudes. Of course, the NHL has not come out and say anything negative about this, right? Everything's fine. No problem. Everything's fine. I think it would be terrifying, not just because he would be president referring to Trump, which is one thing, but because it shows that there is support for hatred and phobia in our country. Cracker also insists that the time to apply logic to the issue is over. Yeah, because we don't need logic anymore either. Now it's time for radical, radical confrontation, not discussion. And they say we're the terrorists. Yeah, maybe they'll just dress like clowns before they try to kill all of us. Just think about that. Please make sure you share our podcasts today. This is an important one about family ahead of the holidays, wherever you get your podcasts. And I'll see you back here tomorrow. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.